What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Inspired Love program is now open for enrollment. If you've wanted to work with me in 2023, this is your opportunity, and you can apply now by going to inspiredloveprogram.com. When you go to that page, you'll have the opportunity to look over some information about the program. You can send in your application if you're ready to apply. And once your application is approved, you'll be able to book a discovery call with our team to find out if this program is the right thing for you. I'm very excited about what we're gonna be doing in the program this year, and I want you to be there. So if you feel like this is the thing for you, go apply now, and we cannot wait to meet you on your discovery call. So welcome back, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. And as always, it is a pleasure and honor to be here. Very excited about today's topic. And um, you know, what What got me thinking really, and, and as I was thinking about today's topic and the topic for today is that you don't want a relationship. What you want is an expanded experience of yourself. And so we're going to be exploring the idea of what is an expanded experience of yourself today. And what really got me thinking about this, what really got me thinking about this topic is that I've recently been interviewing the graduates of the Inspired Love Program. And um, these these interviews have been amazing, by the way. And if you're interested in taking a look, you can go to my profile on Instagram and um, you can see some of the recent interviews I've done. I interviewed Rami. I interviewed Michelle. Um, Vanessa is going to be coming up. Christy's going to be coming up. So we have a few more coming up. But as I've been doing these interviews what one of the themes that each person is sharing that really has stood out to me is that this coming into the program there was this need to be in a relationship or this this need to find someone this need to get into a relationship and what what these ladies have been reporting is that on the other side of the program that need to get into a relationship isn't there anymore but there is a, a peace and an ease and an acceptance of their life as it is right now, combined with a full confidence in their worth, in their value, in the gift that they are to someone, in the gift that they are in a relationship with someone, and the certainty that the right person will show up at the right time. But the what they've what they've let go of is the consistent thread of unhappiness that used to exist in their life just because they didn't have a relationship and i remember i was actually talking about this in my youtube video by the way those of you i don't know if i've even mentioned this before on the podcast but i do have a youtube channel so those of you who are looking for like a little bit of a deep dive on very specific topics that's what i do on my youtube channel and I was actually talking about this on my YouTube channel yesterday is that there's, you know, you've got to love yourself enough to not punish yourself for being single, right? Like, and I know it's, it's such a mind fuck because nobody thinks they're doing that, right? Nobody thinks that I'm sitting around punishing myself for being single. But when you really look at it and you really look at what you have made a relationship mean in your mind, or let me say what you have made the absence of a relationship mean in your mind, right? Like the fact that that person is not there and the meaning that you have given that and how 
that shapes your reality. When you really start to put this under a microscope and you really start to see how you're relating with all of this, you will see that to a degree, you are punishing yourself for not being in a relationship. And then this becomes really, really insidious because the more you punish yourself, the more you deprive yourself of your happiness just because that person is not in your life, the more you spiral into all the bad feelings about yourself, all the fears about yourself, all the fears of inadequacy, all the fears that is it ever going to happen? Am I, am I doing it wrong? Did I miss the boat? Like the more you deprive yourself of your happiness, the more you spiral into everything you hate about yourself, the more magnified that becomes, the more real it becomes, the more you believe it. And the more you separate yourself from the love that you're actually looking for. Subconsciously, and this is how the ego works, and those of you who have been with me for a while, I haven't, I haven't spoken about the ego so much lately, but I used to talk about it quite a bit. But how the ego works is the ego creates that suffering, and, and there's an assumption underneath it that somehow me suffering is going to help me get the result. But it doesn't help you get the result. It, it really doesn't. It only further disconnects you from the result. And so what we want, so many of us, and, and I remember myself, and I'll definitely share some things from my personal journey today in, in coming to terms with all of this and how I reconciled it for myself and, and how, I, how I learned to work through this, right? But, but I remember a time in my life when I just felt so lonely all the time. And so inadequate. And every, every date I would go on or every person I would meet, like, you know, if I was at yoga or if I was somewhere and I, I met a woman I was attracted to and I would, I would try to talk to her and if I felt like she wasn't really interested or, or, or maybe I wouldn't even talk to her. Maybe I would just feel so like afraid that I, I wouldn't even approach her, right? But then all of that, like if, if she wasn't interested or she rejected me or I didn't even approach her or like no matter how it showed up, but every single one of these experiences contributed to my feeling of being more inadequate. It was like, it was like I was building a case against myself, which I've spoken about this before, right? This idea that we build a case against ourselves. So we develop an idea that says, I'm not worthy of love, or it's not going to happen for me, or some version of that, right? But we develop some idea around that. And then what we do is we, we want to be right about that idea. And it's the most insane thing. Like, like, why would you want to be right about a limiting idea about yourself? That makes no sense. But if you look at yourself, you will see that it's what we do. This is how the mind works. And actually, let me say, it actually does make sense. And in the Inspired Love program, I actually break down how it works, why it works, why it makes sense, right? Because this is all part of the survival mechanism of the ego. And the ego is able to control, manipulate, and keep safe by reinforcing these limiting ideas about ourselves. But I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself with that. But the point is, is that when we develop a limiting idea about ourselves, we want to be right about that idea. So we start collecting evidence and everywhere we go, everything we experience becomes a way of, of building that case against ourselves. And and what we actually do is we develop a certain kind of selective observation in life 
where the things that would challenge that idea, we write them off. We say, oh, it's just a fluke or it's just a coincidence or it doesn't really mean anything. But we actually disregard the experiences we have that would challenge that limiting idea about ourselves. And we become hypersensitive to any experience we have that validates that idea about ourselves. And so the more we do this and the more we go through life and every little rejection we experience becomes heightened and magnified and every validation we experience becomes minimized or dismissed or disregarded. And this false identity, this false idea about who I am, this feeling that I'm unworthy, that I'm not lovable, that I'm not wanted, that I'm not a gift, that I'm not amazing, that, that I'm not valuable, that, that people don't want me, right? I start to build a rock-solid case against myself that, this, that all this stuff is the truth about me. And it becomes a prison that I live in. And so from within this prison, and if, if you're getting what I'm saying right now, those of you who are with me today, I want you to just tap that heart a few times if you're picking up what I'm putting down, right? If, if this is making sense to you, just tap that heart a few times so I know that you're understanding me. And when we live inside this prison, having built up this case against ourselves, having built up this identity about ourselves, having decided that this is who I am, and now I live inside this prison. And from within this prison, I say, if I can find someone to love me, it'll make all of it better. It'll make all of it go away. So it's like, it's like I'm standing behind the bars of this prison and I'm looking out and I'm saying, if someone will just love me, that will be like they brought the key and opened the door and I can go out and I can finally live my life. And I can finally be happy. And I can finally feel good about myself and I can finally love who I am. The problem is, and the reason this doesn't work, is because from within this prison, any relationship you create can only reflect the prison. I want you to really get that. When you're living within this prison, any relationship you create can only reflect the prison. It can only strengthen the prison. It can only make the walls stronger. It can only make the bars thicker. There is no relationship that can come and save you from this prison because you've got to save yourself from the prison. That's your work. That is what you are here to do. You are here to liberate yourself from prison. A prison that you created. Now, it's not your fault, okay? Yes, you created the prison, but you had a lot of help doing it, okay? You had a lot of parents and teachers and trauma and, and rejections and boyfriends and girlfriends and all, all, all kinds of people who helped you create this prison. Okay, so, so you, are, you are not at fault for this. But you are in the predicament of it. And the only person who can liberate you from this is yourself. So that's the first thing you've got to do is, is really own up to your predicament and really recognize that, look, chasing another relationship is not going to help me. 
Any more than drinking a bottle of wine is going to help me. Any more than smoking a joint is going to help me. Any more than any other avoidance tactic. Going shopping, right? Staying up all night, buying things on Amazon, right? All of, all of these behaviors, chasing a relationship, chasing an addiction, accumulating physical objects, right? Like all of these behaviors are attempts to fill an emptiness that we feel inside. But all they do is exacerbate the emptiness. And a relationship is not any different than these things. And we think it is because our culture has taught us it is. Our culture, our culture has taught us that, you know, with all the romantic movies and all the, I mean, like culturally, we have been promised that love will save our lives, right? There, there's, a certain, there's a certain idea that is presented to us in music and movies and all of this, that if we can just find the right partner, if we can just find the right person, it will save our lives. And it is a blatant fucking lie. And so you've got to first recognize the prison that you're in and recognize the only way out of it is to really do the work to create a new identity. An identity in which you love yourself, you respect yourself, you appreciate yourself, you recognize your gifts, you understand your worthiness. Because when you show up to life like this, that need to get a relationship is gone. It's like, you know, I love it so much because I'll share this in um, Rami, who was one of the recent graduates of Inspired Love. And um, we just did her interview the other day. Again, if you want to go watch it on Instagram, uh, please do, because it, it is amazing. But I'm, I'm going to share this about Rami. She might even be listening right now. But, you know, Rami just ended a relationship with a really good guy. Now, this is someone who historically throughout her life has had a, a desperation around relationships, has, you know, gotten into relationships and clung to them and held very tightly to them and not wanted to let them go. And, and all of a sudden, she's in a place in her life. Here she is. She's saying hi to everybody. So everybody say hi to Rami. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she's in a place in her life where she's with this guy and he's a good guy and they're good to each other and they have a good relationship. But she's connected to something else now. She's connected to a deeper place inside of her own heart that says to her, yes, he's a good guy. He's a good person. But you deserve more than just a good person. You deserve someone that you can relate with on the deepest levels. You deserve someone who can understand the spiritual aspects of yourself someone that you can share the fullness of who you are with and have it be received and have it be loved and have it be honored, where they can see all of you and love all of you, where you don't have to hold aspects of yourself back just to fit into who this person, the way this person is able to accept you, right? And so here's this good guy, treats her well, he's, he's kind, you know, nothing wrong with this guy. But fundamentally, she wasn't able to be herself. There were aspects of herself she had to hold back in order to be in this relationship. And so she chose to let the relationship go. Now, I, I just want you, 
I just want you all to really like let the gravity of that sink in. Like what a shift it would be to live with the confidence that love is so abundant and that you are so worthy that you don't have to cling to anything. Hey everybody, I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I wanna let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're gonna do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am gonna give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. That you can just simply be your amazing self and and shine that light so brightly and so fully and so powerfully in the world that other people start to pay attention to it. Other people start to go, well, who the hell are you? I want to know you. Right? And, and, and then your light is so bright that people around you start to take notice and that light starts to draw in the people who resonate with that light. This is what we all want. We don't want a relationship. Let me, okay, let me, let me say that a little bit differently. Of course, I fully enjoy my relationship with my wife. I love that she's here every day. I love that I have someone to talk to. I love that we can snuggle and be close and be intimate. And, you know, I love that we sit down at the end of the day and watch our shows together. And, you know, like, I love that we can share our deepest thoughts. Like, it is it is such an addition to my life that she is there. And I would not take that away for a second. But I could not have this kind of relationship if I hadn't first created a certain kind of relationship with myself. And what's, what's really, really amazing about this is that my wife is not always going to be there necessarily. Anything could happen. And I, I fully intend that she will always be there. You know, I hope we have a very long life together. I hope that our dreams come true. I hope that it manifests in all the ways we can imagine. And, and I'm working every day to do everything I can to make that happen. But this is what I know for sure. 
no matter what happens in my relationship with my wife, no matter how it might unfold over the years, if she passes away or if, if, if anything happens, what I know is that I will never, ever go back to feeling unworthy ever again. Because I have transcended the identity that said I was unworthy. And I will never go back to that. I can no longer fit inside that box. It's just not a home for me anymore. I cannot exist in that context anymore. And when you don't exist in that context, you don't need a relationship anymore then you need a bottle of wine or, or to buy a million things on Amazon. When you don't exist in that context, there's, there's no emptiness to try to fill. And so, yes, you may, in a general way, have a feeling that I would like to share my life with someone. I would like to share a home with someone. I would like to create a family with someone, right? I would like to travel the world with someone. I would like to, like, you, you may in general have, have a, a vision of the kind of life you want to have and a partner that you want to share it with and how that would look. But that vision does not activate an emptiness inside of you. In fact, when you think about that vision, it activates a fullness inside of you, like a knowingness that I am capable of creating that, I am worthy of having that, I am a gift to such a degree that somebody will fall in love with me, and I will be the best thing that ever happened to them. And so when you think about that vision and what you want to create with someone, it doesn't activate oh my God, I'm, I'm so small and so empty and so alone and I don't think that will ever happen and I feel so far away from that and so separated from that. But instead it activates this certainty and this clarity in who you are as a human being. And going back to the story I was sharing about Rami is from that place, you cannot stay in the wrong relationship. It actually becomes impossible because when you know your worth, when you know your value, when you know what a freaking gift you are, and you're in a relationship that doesn't honor the fullness of who you are, that relationship is so much more painful than being alone is. It is so much more painful than being alone. And so it actually becomes impossible to stay in a relationship like that. Because you're just so, you're just so aware that if I was if I was single, I would not have to hold anything back. But being in this relationship, I have to diminish part of myself, and I love myself so much that it hurts to do that. And, and Rami's saying yes in the comments. So I think I'm I think I'm nailing the experience right here. <laughs> so this is what we all want. We want to feel that way about ourselves. And yes, we want a relationship too. I get it. You know, I, I, I'm not I, when I say you don't want a relationship, I get that you do, but it's not the most important thing that you want. 
And seeking a relationship is not going to give you what you want. You see, the, the relationship is the cherry on top of a beautifully designed bowl of ice cream. But if you grab the cherry without creating this beautiful bowl of ice cream, you just have a cherry in an empty bowl. You eat the cherry and it's gone and it's over and there's nothing left. And you're saying, this wasn't what I wanted. So you've got to create that amazing bowl of ice cream. I've never used this analogy before, but I'm rolling with it, okay? <laughs> you've got to create this really amazing bowl of ice cream and, and then the cherry makes perfect sense. Then the cherry is the perfect fit. So, so what does creating this bowl of ice cream look like, right? And I want to I wanna speak into this today. Um, it's going to be a little bit of a spiritual conversation. And because this, this conversation about worthiness is a spiritual conversation. This, this is, uh, this is a, a spiritual conversation to really recognize your worth. Because... The way the world has it, and this is what we've been taught since we were little kids. And when I talk about trauma, like this is trauma, what I'm about to share. This is trauma. The fact that as children, we were taught by our parents, by our teachers, by other kinds of relationships we had, whether it was church or, or wherever it might have been, but we were taught that our worthiness comes not from who we are, but from what we do. So if you go to school and you're the good little girl and the good little boy who does all their homework and gets straight A's and turns their assignments in on time and doesn't talk in class and raises your hand and answers all the questions, the teachers look at you and they say, you're a good little boy or you're a good little girl. And what you learn is any part of me that doesn't fit in to this design is wrong. And I, I need to mold myself to be who the world wants me to be. And that is how I'm going to get love and acceptance and I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be cared for. This is what the world teaches us as little kids. So to really understand what worthiness means... It has to be a spiritual conversation because we can't deal with the things you do. That's just all a game to try to prove yourself. I'm going to get a really great job and make lots of money and drive a nice car. That's just a game to try to prove yourself. I'm going to get married and live in a big house and have this beautiful family with the perfect kids and the perfect lawn and the perfect husband. And that's all just a game to try to prove yourself. And if you try to do all of that without first feeling worthy, it will all feel empty and you will hate yourself for it because you'll say, I got everything I wanted and it still didn't make me happy. What's wrong with me? Why am I so ungrateful? So we can't talk about what you do or what you get. We have to talk about who you are. And who you are, I'm just going to say it. If you don't like it, unfollow me. Stop listening to the podcast. You're an extension of God. Like that thing that created all things, you come from that. 
That's what we are. That's what we are made of. And that's why we are worthy. Because God says so. Because the very thing that created everything also chose to create you. And if God thought it was relevant enough to have you exist, then how dare you say you're not worthy? Like what what fucking ground are you standing on when God chose to make you, but you say you're not worthy? Do you know better than God? And so as human beings, we are four-dimensional beings. And this is what we explore in the Inspired Love Program. So I say the Inspired Love Program is about integrating the four dimensions of our human experience, which is spirit, mind, emotion, and body. Okay, these are the four dimensions that we exist in. You probably don't think of yourself as a four-dimensional being, but you are. You think of yourself as a one-dimensional being, or I I get it, we live in three dimensions, right? Uh, Height, width, and depth. But but we think of ourselves in in one dimension in the sense that we are a body. And we were born into a body. And every experience of our life, with very few exceptions, has been centered around our body. What the body does, what the body says, how the body acts, if the body looks good, if the body doesn't look good, if the body is funny, if it says the right things, right? Like like every experience of our life, with very, very few exceptions, has been centered around the body. Now, maybe if you go to therapy... You might deal with your mind and your emotions a little bit. But when you're out in the world, people are only looking at your body. Are you doing the right things? Are you saying the right things? Do you look the right way? And so from the time we were very, very little, we identified with our body. We've become extremely focused on our body and making sure the body performs according to the expectations of everyone else making sure everybody likes the body and is happy with it and thinks it's attractive and all this stuff. And in doing that, the spiritual aspect of who we are has been basically disowned. It's, it's in our culture, and some cultures may have this a little bit differently, but especially in Western culture, the spiritual aspect of who we are is treated like a myth. It's treated like a fable, like a nice idea, like a fairy tale. And some people believe in it and we say, oh, well, that's nice for you. I'm glad that brings you some happiness. When in reality, that is who you are. I mean, like, think about it. We have, we have disowned who we actually are. We've identified with something that is a very temporary, momentary experience, which is the body. It's here for a minute and then it's gone but we've wrapped our entire identity around it. We've disowned the truth about us. And really the only time we even look at our mind and our emotions are when they become so problematic in getting the body to do what we want it to do that we have to deal with them. So of the four dimensions of our being, body, mind, emotion, and spirit, we've basically disowned three of them Well, we've disowned the spirit one almost entirely. The mind and emotions we deal with only when they're problematic, and all of our attention is on the body. 
and then we wonder why we feel unworthy. You feel unworthy because you've identified with something that's not you. And you've exhausted yourself trying to live up to the expectations of everyone and everything to an impossible degree. And all the things that make you magical and beautiful and lovable and great are the things that have been disowned and repressed. And so what happens when you're born into a body is part of what comes with that is the survival instinct. The survival instinct is this need to protect the body. And this is important because if we didn't have this, we wouldn't make it a day in this world. Okay, so if we want to actually have this life and experience it and live it out to its completion, we must have the survival instinct. Otherwise, we just wouldn't survive in this world. But what this survival instinct does is it creates what's called the ego. And the ego is not the mind the way I'm talking about it when I say you have four dimensions of being and one of them is mind. The ego is not that mind. Okay, that mind is greater than your body. That mind is beyond your body. The ego mind exists within the body. It was born after the body was born. It knows nothing before the body. It has no awareness of you before the body existed. And its only goal is to protect the body. And most of us, and when I say most of us, I mean most of us, like 99.9999999% most of us are completely identified with our egos. Completely identified. We think we are the ego. And this is why we have no awareness of ourselves as a spiritual being. This is why we have a very limited relationship with our mind and our emotions. Because we have very little awareness outside of our egos. And our egos are all about survival. Your ego is constantly giving you messages that say, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's constantly telling you what to do, how to do it, how to say it, how to be. It's constant, and then, and then it questions itself and it says, I told you to do that, but did you do it the right way? You should have done it better. And, and like, I, I hope you, I hope, I hope you know what I'm talking about as I'm, as I'm kind of describing this. It's this constant internal chatter. And if you, if you start to observe the constant internal chatter that exists inside of you, and if you really start to pay attention to it, the first thing you'll realize is that it is incredibly, incredibly fear-based. It is completely centered around the idea that I'm not going to get what I want or I'm going to lose something I have. And it sees the possibility of that around every corner. And it is constantly trying to anticipate and control situations to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And when we live in the ego, our life feels like we're running on a hamster wheel because we are completely disconnected from our truth. We are completely disconnected from our power. 
We're completely disconnected from like that God source within us that brings light and love and power and joy to the world. And we're living in a frantic state of survival, trying to gather as much pleasure as we can for ourselves and avoid as much pain as we can. And what you've got to understand about your ego is it's like letting your ego run your life is like putting a two-year-old in charge of your life. The ego's not bad. It's afraid. It's scared. It feels like it's in danger. And it's frantic. It lacks wisdom. It lacks the ability to take a holistic view of life and situations and see the bigger picture and see how everything is connected. It, the ego lacks the ability to do that. It can only see things in a very isolated way, dealing with very immediate results, dealing with the, the feelings that I'm having right now and trying to escape it if it's painful or get more of it if it's pleasurable. And putting this, allowing this part of yourself to be in charge of your life is like putting a two-year-old in charge of your life. And like what ends up happening is no matter how great your survival strategies are, and some of you have very amazing survival strategies, some of you not so much, but some of you have built fortunes based on survival. Some of you have built marriages and families based on survival. Some of you have built, I mean, you know, the perfect body based on survival, right? A flawless body. And these things are not bad. It's not bad to have wealth. It's not bad to have relationships. It's not bad to have a beautiful body. These things are not bad. But if if they're created out of a sense of survival, they're empty. And the more you accumulate out of a sense of survival, the more unworthy you feel. You know, I've always said it like this. It's like, it's like when you don't have these things, at least you have the hope that when you get them, things are going to be better. But when you have all these things and you still feel empty inside, that's when you really start to see your predicament. Because that's when you just can't deny it anymore. That there is something bigger at play here that is causing your suffering. And it's not just the fact that you don't have what you want. It's not just the fact that you don't have somebody who loves you. There's something bigger happening here that is the cause of your suffering. And so in the Inspired Love Program, what we do is we look at that cause, right? The program is actually not about getting into a relationship. It's not about that. Now, there is talk about that. There is discussion about that. There is definitely, we, we, uh, we look and connect the dots and understand how getting into a relationship is connected to all the rest of this. And we definitely talk about the proper approach to creating a relationship and the, the highest likelihood that you're actually going to have it happen. We, we talk about all of that. 
But the program is not about getting into a relationship. The program is about getting yourself to a place where you no longer need to get into a relationship. Where you're no longer driven by this egoic survival need that is having you choose the wrong partners because you can't wait for the right one. That is having you open yourself up to situationships and, and all kinds of like toxic and complicated situations and, and things that ultimately make you feel awful about yourself, but you allow space in them for your life because you don't think you can expect any better. You know, when you, when you sleep with someone, even though you don't really want to, but you're afraid that if you don't do it, they're not going to like you. And so you're constantly driven by fear. And the fear is constantly driving you into situations that hurt you more. And the more you're driven into these situations, the more you hurt and the less worthy you feel. And then you turn around and say, I want a relationship. And the voice in the back of your mind goes, yeah, right. Who would ever love you? Because you've spent your whole life building up that identity about yourself. And so healing, healing is about recognizing what the ego is. It's about understanding that the ego is this network of aspects of myself that are trying to protect me. And in their attempts to protect me, they are limiting the experience of life that I can have. So that's the first thing. I, I have to recognize my ego, recognize this network of protectors that are trying to rescue me from my suffering. And then you have to raise yourself above that, right? So most of us are living within the ego. We have to get ourselves outside of the ego so you can be on the outside looking at the ego rather than being inside the ego like it's coming at you from all angles. Do this, do that, you're not enough. They don't like you, they rejected you, you shouldn't have said that, oh, you're so stupid, oh, what's wrong with you, why would you do that, you're so ugly, uh, you're living inside of all of this. You've gotta get outside of that so you can be on the outside looking in. And you can observe the ego for what it is. And you can see that it is a network of traumatized aspects of yourself that are trying to protect themselves from pain and trying to survive. And then from, from that outside perspective, when you can get outside of the ego and you can see what it is and you can see how it's operating, and you can see its mechanics, and you can see how time and time again, it is leading you into situations that hurt you. And you can actually see that if you keep following this, it's gonna keep being like this for your entire life. Like 
The ego always promises you that if you just try it one more time, it's going to change. And when you're inside the ego, you believe it. Just try it one more time. It'll be different this time. And you believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to try it. But when you get outside of the ego and you look in on it and you can see how it's operating, you can see very clearly that, oh, none of that was ever going to work. It just becomes obvious. You're like, oh, that's just like the ego is basically like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum and thinking that the tantrum is going to get it what it wants. And you could just see, oh, that was never going to work. I was actually being my worst self thinking that somehow being that way was going to get love in my life. That would have never worked. I would have just kept sabotaging my relationships. I would have just kept being desperate and needy. Or or maybe if you're not on the desperate and needy side of it, maybe you're on the avoidant side of it, which is the same thing, just a different flavor, right? So I'm not desperate and needy for love. I'm not so desperate that I push it away. I just push it away to begin with because it makes me uncomfortable. But either way, it's all a survival mechanism. It doesn't matter which flavor you're in. It's all the same stuff. I hope you see this. It doesn't matter which side of the spectrum you fall on. If you're not at the balance point, you are off. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love Program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. So you can start to see this frantic survival network. And you can see that it was never going to help. It was never going to work. And then what starts to happen is you start to dive in to the parts of yourself that you were afraid of. And so as you've been living your life in your ego, what you've been doing is you've been repressing massive amounts of painful emotion. If you remember me saying this earlier, I said that the ego is just trying to get more pleasure and less pain. And so what the ego is always doing is anytime you feel any shred of pain or suffering, it's like alarm bells go off in the ego and it it becomes frantic and it starts trying to escape it. And, And this is where all of our 
behaviors come out, whether we text that person 300 times and, and then they never talk to us again, or whether we drink a bottle of wine and pass out in front of the TV, or whether we get on Amazon at 2 a.m. and spend $300 on shit we don't need, or whether we call our ex and, and, and get them, start something up with them again because we know they'll accept us and even though we weren't happy, at least somebody wants me and that makes me feel a little better. And if I, di- if I didn't say your survival strategy, then fill in the blank here. But you have one, I promise. So whatever your survival strategy is, fill in the blank. But the moment, the moment the ego feels pain, it throws you into some attempt to get pleasure. Let me just make it all go away. Let me just make it feel better. And so what we've been doing throughout our lives is we've been repressing all of that pain. And most of us are carrying, and I'll bet even if you check in right now, you can probably feel this in your body. It just feels like a heavy weight that you've been carrying for a long, long time. And if you can feel that in your body, I want you to realize that is your repressed emotion. You say, why am I so tired all the time? I get, I get eight hours of sleep, but I wake up exhausted. And I work so hard on every aspect of my life, but it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It seems like it's just same shit, different day. Like I'm running on a hamster wheel. It's because you've been listening to the ego. The motto of the ego is seek and do not find. And so when you can get outside of the ego, you can see the ego for what it is. And then you can start diving into all the parts of yourself that that you've been avoiding that you've repressed. I see a question. Hurricane Catherine says, does jealousy and envy come from the ego also? Yes, absolutely. Like, listen, jealousy and envy is a product of not feeling enough. Like, I I know the Bible says I am a jealous God, okay? But let but I don't think God is jealous, okay? So I know the Bible says that. I don't buy it. The the creator of everything is not jealous. It has it all already. Okay, so if you are feeling jealousy and envy, you are not connected to the God self. You're connected to the limited survival self. And so when you get to this place where you are ready to start dealing with the parts of yourself that you have repressed throughout your life, all the emotion you've avoided, every every pain you felt throughout your entire life that you just tried to push aside and just keep trucking on, just get through it, I'll be strong, I'll get through it. 
when you're ready to face up to that. You start to go into the parts of yourself that the ego has always told you to never look at. You know, the, the ego, the ego has convinced us that there is something inside of us that is so dark and so evil and so ugly and so horrible that we never want to see it. And so the ego has counseled us to hide the most truest aspects of ourself. Because nobody wants to see that. Nobody's going to love that. Nobody's going to like that. That's disgusting. That's awful. That's appalling. There's a line in A Course in Miracles, and, and those of you who follow me, then, then you know um, I, I've talked about this many times, about the Course and my experience with it throughout my life. But there's a line in A Course in Miracles talking about this very idea, talking about how the ego has how the ego has been, um, has been counseling us to never look inside, has been telling us that there is something so awful and so dark and so ugly inside that we never want to see that, that we never want to look at that. And what the Course says is what if you looked at that and you saw that there was nothing there? And you saw that for your whole life, you had been running from something that didn't even exist. And all your ideas about being left out, and am I not worthy, and is it going to happen for me, and am I enough, and why don't they like me, and why aren't I pretty enough, or why aren't I smart enough, or that all of this was just rubbish. It was just complete nonsense. None of it was ever real at all. And so when you can look inside of yourself and you can look at all the things that you've been running from your whole life, the first thing you're going to feel is a lot of pain, a lot of fear, a lot of insecurity. And your ego is going to be alarmed. And it's going to say, no, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. Come back. Come back to me. I've got you. I'll keep you safe. Come back to me. Don't go there. Don't look there. You don't want to look there. I promise. Just come back to me. But if you can stay in your presence, you can stay in your power. And you can tell the ego, no, no, I'm not going back to you. I'm sticking with it. The difficult emotion, the fear, the sadness, the unworthiness, it will just move through you. It will pass. And then you'll start to connect to something underneath that. And so I'm kind of, if you remember I said earlier, we have four dimensions as human beings, right? We are four-dimensional beings. Spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Okay, physical is the body. The ego identifies with the body. It tells you that you are the body. 
It tells you that the body is your ultimate reality, that there is nothing more to you than the body. The ego is the mind that the body created. It's not the mind that existed before the body. It's the mind that came through the body. When you can get outside of your ego, you can also get outside of your body to a degree. You can start to open up to a greater experience of who you are. Then you need to deal with the repressed emotion. That's the next level. So the next level is to deal with the repressed emotion. All the things that you've been afraid to feel. All the things that you've repressed or ignored throughout your life. You can start to allow yourself to feel that because that's a part of who you are. And it's a part that you've disowned. So you can start to feel that emotion. You can start to let that emotion move through you. And then as you let the emotion move through you, what you start to get access to is your real mind. The mind that existed before the body. The mind that will continue to exist after the body. The mind that comes from God. The mind that comes from the spiritual aspects of who you are. This is the mind that will give you true thoughts about yourself. So it will show you how worthy you are, how beautiful you are, how capable you are, how courageous you are, how powerful you are, right? These are your real thoughts. These are not thoughts that come from the ego. These are the thoughts that come from your higher mind, your God mind, the the mind that came out of God. And as you start to, as you start to listen to that mind and you start to identify with your higher mind rather than your ego mind, you, I said in the beginning of this episode that you've got to, you've got to change your identity from one of unworthiness to worthiness. This is how you do it. You get outside of your ego, you clear away the repressed emotion, and then you start to have the thoughts come through from your higher mind that tell you about who you truly are, what you're truly made of. And the more you identify with this higher mind, the God mind in you, the more you start to feel yourself as a spiritual being, as an eternal being, as a part of God, intimately intimately connected to everyone and everything and all life, all-powerful, creative, abundant, full of love you see these are the this is your spiritual nature when you clear everything else away that's what's left it's just love and joy and abundance that that is our spiritual nature and so what i've just described is the process of integrating these four dimensions of your being 
body, mind, emotion, and spirit. Rather than repressing most of who you are and being identified with your body, your physical reality, and your ego mind, your survival consciousness, you are identified with the wholeness of who you are. You're identified with the completeness of who you are. Your gifts and all the magical qualities about you just start to come through so naturally, so effortlessly. You just start to be a light in the world. And and I promise you, you want that more than you want any relationship. Because that is the truth of your soul. A relationship, as beautiful as it is, as much as I love my wife and I love the life that we have, and and God, it, it is beautiful. I mean, it can't be any better than this. And as much as I love it and am grateful for it and appreciate it, I'm also aware that it's not going to last forever. That one day I will look back and all the years that we spent together will be like a blip. And it'll just feel like a dream and it will have all gone by. And if at that moment, I am not connected to something greater. Then it was all for nothing. The life you want to have, the love you want to have, comes out of the greatest expression of yourself. The greatest expression of yourself does not come out of that. So if you've been trying to go out and get the life you want and make it all perfect to make it all the way you want it to be and thinking that that's going to somehow resolve this inner conflict that's happening inside of you, telling you you are on the wrong path. Start here. Start inside of yourself and let the life you want to have Come out of that. Okay. So that's the message for today. And I just want to say, as we, um, as we prepare for the Inspired Love Program, and we're getting into the last couple of weeks now, we're, we're, we're winding down. So those of you who have maybe been thinking about it, I don't know, is it for me? Is it not for me? You know, um, I would say like now's the time to get moving. Like we're, we're winding down and, and we're ready to get started. So we have a couple weeks left. I'd say uh, go to inspiredloveprogram.com, apply for the program, book your call, and, and let's get the process moving because we don't have a lot of time left. Um, but that being said, what I've just described in this process of integrating the four dimensions of human experience, this is... This is what we do in the program. So everything I just talked about here, I basically walked you step by step through what we're going to do in the program. And I shared at the beginning that, you know, the the number one thing I hear from the graduates is that this feeling of 
this feeling of like, I don't need a relationship. Yes, I want one. Yes, I'm confident it's going to happen. Yes, I feel worthy of it. Yes, I, I, I can even feel the energy moving and I can feel that it's coming into my life. And I don't need it. Because I've resolved the part of myself that was desperate. I have learned to fill the part of myself that was once deprived of love. I have learned to fill that with love. And so now I'm not desperately craving the love of someone else. I'm open to it. I'm excited about it. I am ready to dive in and enjoy that. But I am not craving it. I am not desperate for it. All right. Um, that being said, I want to open up for some questions now. Uh, I've seen a couple questions coming in, so I'm going to go back and take a look at those. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll take your questions now. So I'm going to start with this question from Maria Elizabeth. And she says, can you give an example on how to feel this suppressed emotion? Getting into relationship again, for example. Yeah. Um, so how to feel the repressed emotion. And I mean, there, there are different ways to do it. So definitely life is going to trigger it, right? Like you say getting into a relationship again, right? So if you, if you get into a relationship or let's say not even in a relationship, you're just dating someone, right? You, you go out on a date with someone and maybe it's a bad date. And so you just have this awful date and it's going to bring up all kinds of fear. Right? So, so the, the bad date will activate the ego and it's going to bring up all kinds of fear and it's going to be like, oh, are all my dates going to be this way? And am I ever going to meet a good person? And what's wrong with me? Why am I attracting all these losers and whatever? Right? So all those old thoughts are going to come up. All those old thoughts and feelings are going to come up. Now, this is the moment where most of us get triggered into some kind of survival response. So we try to avoid the experience. And I remember like when I was dating, one of the ways I would do this is I would call a friend and I would just tell him about my date and how bad it was. I would, I'd just try to talk about it. Right. But I wasn't really processing anything. I was just venting. And what I was trying to do was by calling a friend and telling them all about my bad experience, I was bypassing the experience. So what I would do is talking to my friend would give me a little bit of relief. It would give me a little bit of pleasure. It would make me feel a little bit better. And then I would bypass the negative emotion I was experiencing by just talking to my friend. Or another way I would do that, and, and this is where it can even get tricky, sometimes I would use meditation to bypass. It's interesting, right? Because you think, well, meditation is a healthy thing. Well, there's something called spiritual bypassing. And it's where you just... You just go into these higher realms, right? And you go into the, ah, oh, the bliss, but you don't actually deal with the emotion. And so you might, again, find some pleasure, find some relief from the experience, but all you did was push the emotion aside and go get blissed out in meditation. But the next day you wake up, the emotion is still there, right? So there are different ways of repressing. But the ego is going to counsel you into some kind of repression. Don't feel the experience. Avoid it. 
So what you could do, uh, going back to Maria Elizabeth's question, what you could do in an experience like that, say you have a bad date, all those fears and those feelings start to come up, you can just kind of coach yourself and say, okay, like, let me just stop and, and feel this right now. And you could just take deep breaths, like really look inside your body, ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? Where am I feeling it? What does it feel like? What color is it? What shape is it? What size is it? Where is it in my body? Is it moving? Is it still? Is it stagnant? Right? But all these kinds of questions just help you get in touch with the emotion. And so that that's just kind of a simple practice that you can use anytime, anywhere. But the, the practice would be to when that negative emotion gets triggered, rather than try to seek some kind of pleasure or relief, go into it. Let it come over you. And, you know, when I talk about this with my clients, sometimes they say, I'm, I'm afraid to do that because I'm afraid, you know, last time, I, last time I felt it, I just, I couldn't function for a week. And what I say is, well, I get that. And it can be scary to let yourself go to those dark places. But I think what's, what we need to understand is that the reason it's so heavy and so hard is because of how repressed it is. If you were feeling this as it was coming up, it would be a momentary discomfort that would move through you and be gone. But because of the years and years and years of repression, when you actually allow it to come over you, sometimes you can't do anything for a week. You just fall into a depression for a week because it's that heavy. It's that stagnant. And this is also the reason why a lot of times you need this process facilitated for you. Because a lot of times, if you don't have a safe space to allow yourself to go to these places, your ego won't let you do it. So that's another thing that can happen where your ego just won't let you go there. And, and so sometimes you need to be in a safe environment with a coach or a therapist or in a program like Inspired Love where there's actually a safety created where your ego feels safe enough to say, okay, I'm willing to let you go there. I'm, I'm not going to fight you on this one because I feel that this is important, right? Your ego... Your ego is not unreasonable, but it needs to be related with in the right way. And, and most of us just beat up our egos the way we beat up ourselves. And so the more we beat up our ego, the more the ego fights for its existence, the more it, it fights for control, right? So your ego can be reasoned with, but it needs to be approached in the right way. So what I want to say is the Inspired Love program is a place where we facilitate this entire process for you. So we will guide you into the emotions that you need to feel. We will create a safe context where you can feel those emotions. We will create space to debrief those emotions and process them after you felt them. We will create space for coaching around any egoic resistance that comes up. So we can actually work with the ego to create that openness so you can experience these processes, right? So this is, this is what we do in the program. And I say like, I mean, look, like just sharing my experience, okay? I couldn't facilitate this process for myself. 
I, I didn't have an, one, I didn't really know what needed to be done. Even though I maybe had some ideas about it, I didn't really know what it meant or what it all looked like. Two, I, I didn't even know where to start. Three, my ego had way too much resistance. So I had to be in environments where people were facilitating these processes for me, where I felt safe enough to go there. You know, I've shared with you some of the experiences I've had in different workshops and trainings and things, right? So, so I, um, like I needed that. And I think most of us do. Like, I, I think most of us just on our own devices, trying to, trying to navigate this stuff for ourselves, like we don't even really know where to start. And like, look, I, I mean, I've, I've worked with some of the greatest therapists and coaches in the world and, and I've, I've been doing it for a decade now and, and I continue to constantly learn and grow. So, so I've, you know, in the same way you've dedicated your career to whatever you get up and do every day, like I've done that too. And so guiding these experiences in these processes is what I do. It's what I'm good at. It's, it's, it's the skill that I have mastered in my life in the same way you've mastered whatever skills you do. And so, you know, in the same way, if I wanted to, you know, we're building a deck at our, at our house right now. We just, my wife and I just bought a house. We're having a deck put in. Okay. Like I'm not building the deck myself. I'm hiring a deck builder because that's what they do. Right. And if I built the deck myself, it might fall down in a year. I'm pretty handy. Maybe not, but regardless, right. I'm, I'm hiring a master deck builder to build my deck because I want the deck to be as nice as it can be in, in the same way. Like if you, if you wanted to do this work, you would want to hire a master facilitator to do this work and, and not just try to build the deck yourself. Right. So, so to a degree, yes, you can work through these emotions on your own. You, you should, right. You should learn this and you should learn how to do it. And you should like develop the skill and work with it. Like it would be very beneficial for you to do that. But I'm going to say you're going to be much better equipped to do that on the other side of a program like Inspired Love, right? Like you will, you will one, have released a lot of it just by going through the program. Two, whatever else is going to come up throughout your life, you will have learned the skills and learned the processes to be a little more effective in your self-guidance around it. So um, I hope I answered the question, but yeah, in, in short, it's like, yes, there is a degree on which you could do it on your own. And I would say, if you don't feel like that's getting you anywhere, then maybe you want to hire someone who really knows about this stuff. Someone like me or, or someone else, right? But my Inspired Love program is open right now. And if you want, that's a great place to start. But hire someone who knows about this stuff, who really understands how this stuff works so they can facilitate this process for you. Um, Great question. Thank you for asking. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to jump in real quick because I know you know about it and I know I've been talking about it on the show, but if you're ready to apply for the Inspired Love program, I want to let you know exactly how to do that. The first thing you're going to do is go to inspiredloveprogram.com. 
Once you're on that page, you'll be able to see an outline of the content and the session modules. You'll be able to read testimonials from past students to find out what they got from the program. And when you're ready to apply, you'll find the link to do that right there on that page. You'll know immediately if your application is approved. And once your application is approved, you'll get access to my calendar. You'll be able to book a call with one of my team members to get on the phone face to face and find out if this program is the right thing for you. There's no commitment to book a call and you don't even have to make a decision about the program until after the call. So if you think this might be the right thing for you, go apply for the program now. I want you to know that I put my heart and soul into this program and when we work together, I am going to give you my absolute best. So I truly hope you take this opportunity to go for it. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I truly hope that you are one of the people we get to meet on our discovery calls. Lots of love. Stretch a few says, how do we know which of the four areas is suffering most? So for someone who may have just recently jumped on, what we've been talking about are the four dimensions of human experience, which are body, mind, emotion, and spirit. And um, Stretch a Feud is asking, how do we know which of these four areas is suffering the most? Well, I think you might be misunderstanding just a little bit in that question because first of all, spirit does not suffer. Spirit is beyond suffering. So spirit never suffers. The higher mind also never suffers because the higher mind is a reflection of spirit, right? You could imagine, you could imagine spirit like spirit is the all, the everything. It's the, it's the essence of life. The higher mind is the individual that comes from spirit, right? So it is the higher mind is you in the ultimate sense of who you are. So at whatever point in your existence, you came out of spirit and became yourself. The higher mind is that. It is the, it is the you that is a perfect reflection of spirit. That's the higher mind. Now, suffering starts to happen in the emotion. And so emotion is, it's energy, right? You've probably heard it said that emotion is energy in motion, right? But emotion is literally just energy. It's just life. Like the things we feel, it's just life happening. That's what our emotion is. It's just life happening. And we, in our egos, have made judgments that some of life is good and some of life is bad. And so the parts of life that we have determined as bad are the parts that we've repressed. And the parts of life that we've determined as good are the parts that we've allowed ourselves to experience. Now, this has created an, an incredible split in our psyche, which is, is the cause of all mental illness, depression, anxiety, and, and even more severe forms, right? It's because of the split in our psyche where we've determined some of life is good, some of life is bad. We've repressed the bad, accepted the good. This creates a split in our psyche, and this is where all of our mental illness comes from. And, and unworthiness, which unworthiness is a form of mental illness, right? So... Uh, what was I saying? So the, the suffering that you feel in the emotion is not really suffering. It's just repression. 
It's just the part of life that you have not allowed yourself to experience. And so it feels heavy and it feels hard and it feels dark. But the only part of you that ever actually suffers is the ego or the part of you that identifies with the ego. That's where all suffering exists. Like emotion is just energy. There's no suffering in energy. It's just movement, a fluctuation. It comes up, it comes down. It's just, it's just feeling, right? It's just the fluctuation of the energy of your being. Sometimes it's higher, sometimes it's lower, but there's no suffering in that. There's no suffering in your higher mind. There's no suffering in your spirit. So the only suffering is ever in your ego. And I suppose we could say the body can feel pain, right? And so the more your ego suffers, the more your body is going to hurt because the suffering of the ego constricts and tightens the body, which leads to disease. And, And all forms of disease are really different kinds of toxicity. Some of it comes from outside, some of it comes from inside, but it all creates disease. So that, that, the answer to the question is that the only thing that ever really suffers is the ego. But it's, it's really about developing an, an awareness outside of your ego, developing an identity outside of your ego. And that's how you get free from suffering, right? When you can, when you can know yourself beyond your ego. And like I said earlier, most of us don't. Most of us are completely identified with our ego and the, the self that we know is the ego. So it's, it's, time to, it's time to know a different part of yourself. It's really what this is about. Great question. Thank you for asking. Um, okay, I'm going to take maybe just one or two more questions. Um, okay, this question is from May T. She says, how safe is it to get involved with a man who just ended a relationship six months ago? I've been single for three years. Um, okay, I love this question, Métis. And here's why. Because you are, you are illustrating how the ego operates perfectly. And I say that with love. But here's, here's the thing. The ego is the one that tells you that how long ago he was in a relationship has something to do with how your relationship with him is going to go. I can't tell you how safe it is to get involved with a man who got out of a relationship six months ago because that has absolutely nothing to do with how safe it is to be involved with this man. He could have gotten out of a relationship six months ago, been healing for six months, and be wide open to love. He could have gotten out of a relationship six months ago and been bitter and resentful for the last six months, and he's just going to project all of that onto you, and he's going to deeply wound you. It could be either way. It could be anything in between. But the amount of time has nothing to do with whether or not it's going to be a good idea to get involved with him. That's irrelevant. What matters is who this man is, where he is in his life, what he's dealing with, how compatible the two of you are, how he makes you feel, 
how he treats you, if he shows up and is consistent for you, right? Like these are the things that matter. The fact that he was in a relationship six months ago does not matter. And the ego is the part of yourself that tells you to obsess about these superficial things because focusing on superficial things gives the ego a feeling of control, which then gives the ego a feeling of safety. And I I hope everybody really understands what I'm sharing right now because there is no safety in that. Because I want to break this down. If I were to tell you, yeah, six months is enough time. He's ready for a relationship. You would feel like, okay, great. It's safe. I'm ready to go. And by clinging to that superficial metric that means nothing, you would ignore everything else that was happening in the relationship. And you cannot succeed like that. What you need to do is go into every relationship knowing it's dangerous. There's the potential to be hurt. I don't know who this person is. They might be an angel. They might be a toxic nightmare. They might be completely honest. They might be lying through their teeth. You need to go into a relationship with that awareness. And you need to be in relationship with your own higher mind so your intuition can speak to you about this person. You need to be far enough outside of the ego that you're not clinging to this relationship for safety or for security or for validation or to feel worthy. So you can actually be in that place where I was talking about earlier like Rami is, where where she was saying that You know, I just let this person go because even though they're a good person, we just don't have the kind of compatibility I'm looking for. We don't relate in the deepest ways like the kind of relationship I'm looking for. She wasn't clinging to that relationship the way she used to in the past. Right? So I can't tell you if six months is enough time for this person. What I can tell you is you need to be worthy enough to not stay in a relationship that's going to hurt you whether they've been single for six months or six years. You need to be confident enough to know that you are of great value and that you deserve the best from somebody. You need to be discerning enough to look at this relationship and really see how it measures up based on the metrics that really matter, not the superficial metrics. And you need to be, as I said earlier, connected to your higher mind so you can feel your intuition around this person and you can know if they're right for you or not. Those are things that the ego cannot offer you. The ego does not have access to those parts of yourself. And so I love the question. It's a great question because these are the kinds of questions I get all the time from people. You know, people say, people like, I mean, I literally, I have hundreds of questions in my message requests on Instagram right now. Hundreds of questions. 
I just can't respond to all of them. But when I look through these questions and I read what they say, these are the kinds of questions people ask. They say, what should I say to this guy? What should I do? Should I leave? Should I stay? All based on superficial metrics. And if I could give one answer to all of these people who are sending me these hundreds of questions, my answer would be, you're asking the wrong questions. Because I could answer these questions for you. And I could get you through today. I could tell you what to say to that person. And that'll get you through today. But that's not what I want for you. What I want for you is to be so connected to your truth and your value and your worth that you know what to say and you don't have to ask. You see, I'm not interested in solving all these little problems for you guys and, and, and you ladies, and I say that with love. But I'm not interested in solving all these little problems for you. I'm interested in solving the big problem. I, like, I don't want to give you a fish. I want to teach you to fish. So you don't have to keep coming to me with your questions. You can feel connected to your truth. You can express and live your truth in your life. And you can let that be the guiding force rather than having me or some other coach be the guiding force. That's what I want for you. And that's the only thing that's going to really pay off in your life. So thank you so much for the question, May Lee. Thank you. It's a beautiful question. And please, as I, as I picked apart your question and challenged you on it, please don't take that personally because I love the question and I appreciate you bringing this here so you can allow all of us to see this more clearly. So thank you. It was a, it was a really great gift that you gave us with that. Okay. I think I'm going to wrap it up here. We're, we're coming up on time and I, I've shared a lot today, but I want to just, um, I'll, I'll shout it out one more time for anyone who would like the details about Inspired Love. That's where you're going to be able to work with me where I can actually guide and facilitate this process for you. Excuse me. So if, uh, if anybody would like the details for Inspired Love, please just go ahead, drop the words Inspired Love in the comments. My team will send you the details. Um, again, that is where everything we've been talking about today, I'm going to actually be able to guide you in this process, right? I'm going to actually be able to facilitate this process for you so you can go through all these steps and so you can have this transformation happen. Because, you know, going back to the topic for today, I could tell you exactly what to say and exactly what to do to get that person to like you and get you in a relationship with them. And six months later, you would hate me for it because the relationship wouldn't be what you wanted it to be. Because even though I told you exactly what to say and exactly what to do to get into the relationship, I didn't equip you with the skills to have the relationship work. And that's what matters. That's what matters. So, so much love to all of you. And, and I, I always say this, I know like the complexity of what we're dealing with here is immense. I know the intensity of, of the challenges that you face and the things that you feel in this journey it is intense. 
I've been through it. I, 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 I mean, I've been through it in my own life. I go through it sometimes in my marriage in different ways. I mean, I, I, I coach people on this daily and I, I, I get it. I feel it. And that's why I want to help. Because I, I want you to have the healing that you deserve so you can live the life that you deserve. And, and you don't have to live under this heavy ego that is constantly telling you that you're not enough. Constantly telling you that you have to be more than you are for someone to love you. It's just not true. So sending so much love to all of you wherever you are. Those of you who are live with me today, thank you for being live. Those of you who are hearing the podcast, thank you for listening in on the podcast. And I just uh, love and appreciate all of you so much, so much. I'm so grateful. And um, yeah, I I wish the very best for you in your life and love. And uh, you deserve it. You deserve it. So I hope you go create that for yourself. Many blessings and I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Lots of love, everybody. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.